Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, August 19th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got a deep dive into House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Number two, Bernie Sanders. Yes, that's right. Bernie Sanders is hitting the road to sell Democrats infrastructure package. And number three, we've got the latest on Afghanistan and who members of Congress are hearing about the turmoil in the country. All right, let's move on to the number one story of the day for us, a deep dive into Kevin McCarthy. Yesterday, we talked about Speaker Nancy Pelosi, what her politics are like, what the next couple of months are going to be like for her. Today, we are looking at the California Republican, Kevin McCarthy, where he sits at the moment. You know, it's very interesting because there's probably no job in American politics as straightforward as being the minority leader in the House of Representatives especially when your party controls none of the lovers of power in Washington. For McCarthy, that is basically to just resist, right? And he's not alone. This is not something new that McCarthy's come up with as some big scheme in politics. It's something we see time and time again when it comes to whoever the minority leader is. But particularly for McCarthy, when he is very confident the Republicans are going to win the House in 2022, he has as good of chances ever as becoming speaker. But he does have some challenges in the coming days, weeks, months. And I think the biggest challenge for McCarthy really is going to be keeping that House Republican conference together. You know, so far, it's been pretty easy for him to say, resist, go against, you know, Joe Biden's administration, his agenda. But when it comes to this $1 trillion bipartisan Senate infrastructure bill, there could be as many as two dozen House Republicans who cross the aisle to support this public works package. That's a big deal. And for McCarthy, he has to weigh the politics here. He is going to have to decide how to message this legislation. Is it significant enough that he's going to push for Republicans to vote for it, whip against it? Will the leadership take a hard line on this? Or Will you have him say, hey, it's a vote of conscience and Republicans should do what they wish without the guidance from leadership? McCarthy feels pretty good right now. If you're looking, if you're in his position, there's a couple of things that have really worked to his advantage right now. McCarthy, like every other Republican, has slammed Biden's handling of the migrant crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. He's also slagged Democrats for rising crime rates and inflation and clearly, McCarthy feels he has a winning issue on Afghanistan, where Biden has bungled the evacuation of thousands of U.S. citizens and Afghans who assisted the coalition forces during the 20-year war. Of course, there's a little bit of a problem here for McCarthy. Uh, he supported President Donald Trump's plan to bring U.S. troops home from Afghanistan at an even faster pace. Uh, so he's going to be challenged how he and Trump would have ended uh, this conflict differently, how it wouldn't have ended up in such a mess. Another issue McCarthy is going to have to worry about in the coming days and weeks is this House Select Committee investigation into the January 6th insurrection, specifically his own interactions with Trump during that horrible day. McCarthy has offered different public responses about those conversations, and some Democrats are calling for McCarthy to be subpoenaed by the Select Committee, which would be an unprecedented act that would end up in court. Certainly something that could cause a lot of drama. And then I think it's always important, right? When we look at these deep dives of the individual leader, we look at their relationship with their counterpart. Uh, for McCarthy, that's Nancy Pelosi. 
The relationship has never been good, but it has in recent weeks hit an all-time low. Pelosi called him a moron over his criticism of her mask mandate for House members. And then in kind, McCarthy responded by talking about Paul Pelosi's finances, a very personal shot at the speaker, despite the fact that they're from the same state, a first the two have very little in common. Obviously, there's the major age difference. McCarthy's 56, Pelosi's 81. But their overall approach to politics and government is radically different as well. Pelosi is pressed for huge new government programs throughout her career, while McCarthy has long favored small government and less regulation. The biggest flashpoint for McCarthy is Trump. He has allied himself closely with the former president. Obviously, we don't need to discuss the Pelosi-Trump relationship here. We all lived it. It's not good. Uh, McCarthy was the first top Republican to visit Trump in Florida after he left office in disgrace on January 20th following the insurrection. And McCarthy has used that relationship to his advantage. Uh, He realized that he still needs Trump if he wants to be speaker, or at least Trump not opposing his efforts to get the gavel. Understanding this is key to understanding McCarthy and his own politics. So far this month, he's used August to advantage. He's been on the road, freed from the hectic pace of the Capitol. McCarthy's been to Miami. This week, he was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming for his annual donor retreat. And if you're McCarthy, things are looking pretty good. Our friends at the Cook Political Report have written that Republicans will net as many as seven seats in redistricting alone. That fact, along with the traditional poor showing by the president's party during the midterm elections, put McCarthy's House Republicans in the driver's seat, heading into 2022, at least for now. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning for us. Bernie Sanders. This is quite interesting. The Senate Budget Committee chairman, Bernie Sanders, the independent from Vermont, is traveling to Republican-held areas in Iowa and Indiana to hold town hall meetings in support of the Democrats' $3.5 trillion reconciliation plan. He's going to be in Indiana on August 27th and Iowa on August 29th, according to a source familiar with the situation. Now, what's interesting here is We've really seen Joe Biden do this in this outside inside play, right? Go to America, make the sell. He's really been the face for Democrats on these issues. But now you have Sanders targeting districts where Trump, where the Trump vote grew in 2020, arguing that the massive package Democrats are putting together will have a huge benefit for middle class Americans in those states, especially working families. This is going to be something that we should watch because certainly Republicans are going to be targeting and bring up Sanders when attacking the Democratic plan, which allows Congress to pass big chunks of Biden's American jobs plan and American family plan with a simple majority vote. Yet Sanders is also the most passionate advocate for the proposal as well. He's pushed hard for expanding Medicare to expand coverage of the vision dental hearing programs as part of the reconciliation package, as well as allowed Medicare to negotiate on prescription drug prices. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Afghanistan and where members are getting their information coming attractions. House Republicans are going to be hearing from former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo 
Uh, he's going to be speaking to the House Republican Conference. Representative Elise Stefanik, the House GOP Conference Chair, organized the call. Pompeo is expected to discuss Afghanistan as well as do a question and answer session. And then the Republicans will talk about the Democrats' budget. Uh, also of import, there's going to be members of the House are going to hear from the administration Friday by telephone in an unclassified setting and Tuesday at 1030 a.m. in the Capitol. Speaker Nancy Pelosi is also working on scheduling a gang of eight briefing. The administration said last night that it had evacuated approximately 1,800 individuals on 10 C-17s since Tuesday evening. The U.S. has evacuated 6,000 people since since August 14th. All right. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.